And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Indiana Jones. And this week we are in our third commentary for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I'm going to go ahead and give you a spoiler alert because this is my first time watching all these movies. This one's my favorite. Loved it. I'm Hope and I am joined by my co-podcaster Chris. How are you doing, Chris? This is Chris, and I'm loving it because A, I get to watch all the Indiana Jones movies, and B, I get to watch Hope watch them all for the first time and go through <laughs> the, journey, the journey of in, Indiana Jones movies. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's quite enjoyable. And my prediction is this will remain your favorite one. It was funny because, like, when I mentioned to my dad that I was doing these, dad was like, the Last Crusade is the best, and like the general consensus I got from a lot well, of people. Well, he's a dad. Yeah, it's a dad. It's a it's a dad. It's a it's a dad guy. It's like, I think the two greatest like dads or my two favorite dad and son movies are this. Have you ever seen Big Fish by Tim Burton? No, I have not. Oh, geez, Hope. If you wanna, if you wanna, for one, it's full of great character actors, and it's just a wonderful story. But it's like. It's like a, it's like a turn on the waterworks at the end movie. Oh, I highly recommend it. But those are two great, like, you know, father father and son, like sort of they're 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 like soft reconciliation. You know, they're not like hard rec. You know, da- you know, I you know, my dad and I've hated each other for years, but just like a sort of soft, re- so- like reconnection movies. Yeah. Or just, or just father and son having an adventure together, uh, you know. Yeah, I, it was actually really funny because, because of course he's been asking me every Tuesday, like, "Oh, what do you think of this one?" Because like, me, me, my my dad's like not a sci-fi guy at all, so like we don't have or or a nerd anyway, so we don't have many shared interests outside of sports because we both love sports. So like, when he found out I was doing this, he's been asking me like every week, like my thoughts about it. Like he's been really excited about this. But it was just like last week when we were doing Temple of Doom, I was just like, "Yeah, it was a movie," and he looks at me and goes. Yeah, that's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's it's been really fun, too, because I've been getting to share this with my dad, too. Um, but yeah, this one's my favorite. Um, something I was I was kind of mulling about that I, I, I talked to you a little bit beforehand, but I feel like this is what a proper sequel should be. And what I mean by that, I, I mean by that two things. And this is this is my only like really general thought of the movie, which is why I want to go ahead and get out of the way at the top. Um, the reason I think that is number one, it either builds on everything from the first two movies or it recontextualizes it. And so, like for example, what I mean by recontextualize it, going into Temple of Doom, you're like everybody was like, "Oh, Indiana is such a jerk. He's like so mean, and he's all about like fame and glory," which is something I really didn't see much of. 
I mean, I saw a little bit of it, but I didn't get, like, why everybody was saying that. But seeing the opening, t- like, t- like 15, 20 minutes with, like, River Phoenix and seeing who imprinted on him and there was a person who was looking for fame and glory completely recontextualized that second movie. And it also builds on everything of the first movie, like the end jokes and, like, the, like where the phobia snakes are and stuff like that. And then the second reason I felt like this was a proper sequel was I thought about, like, if I sat down and I watched this movie by itself with no context of the other two, it's fine, but it wouldn't be as good. It needs the other two. Yeah, it wouldn't have the meaning it does. Like, like a lot of the jokes wouldn't land, you know? Right. It Uh, absolutely needs the other two to function 100%. Yeah. It could function probably 75% on its own without the other two if it's the only one you ever saw. And it would still work as a movie. It'd still be a good movie. But what makes it great is it builds on the other two. And that to me was like, this is why this is a very good sequel. But I I think it would just be an okay movie by itself. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I I, I thought of a question for you a little bit earlier today. And that is, uh, how how do you think you would have? Uh, what do you think if we would have decided if I would have said, hey, you know, what we should do, we should watch these in chronicle chronological order. So we watch Temple of Doom, then Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then and then this. Ooh, um, my see, initial- I, I I think it's it like story wise it works. But, like, having Temple of Doom be the lead movie. But, like, I wondered what your thought was. My gut reaction is it would still work only because of the fact that Last Crusade has to come after Ark of the Covenant. It has to, because it is a sequel. Now, if we, like, machete ordered it, where it was, like, we watched the first 20 minutes of Last Crusade and then, like, go back to Temple of Doom and did, did it that way... Um, I, I think that would be a more problematic, but yeah, I, I, I think that would still work. Um, only just because the, the only thing is if that, if Temple of Doom was my first movie going into Indiana Jones with no concept watching you it, you might for the not first be as psyched to it. Yeah. And it, it, it's not the best. It's, it's the worst of the three so far. So coming into it, I would be going, what does everybody see in this? Like, this is. This is, uh, uh, I don't know about this one, guys. I don't get what everyone's talking about. And so I would get to the Ark of the Covenant, and then I'd be like, okay, I understand what everybody's saying. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, as, I, I think Last Crusade always needs to come after uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it always needs to, because... It's it's how it functions the best. It's a continuation of the story, and then it deepens, it it, it deepens the original story. So it needs to refer back to it. You know, mm-hmm. I think this is the, the best written of all the Indiana Jones movies. It's uh, Raiders will always be my favorite because there's so much tied to it, and I think as an action movie, it's like a perfect action movie. But damn, this movie is great. Mm-hmm. You're going to be here. I'm going to be. Gu- this movie is beautiful to look at. Uh, yeah, it's. I. Uh, yeah, I. I haven't seen it in a long time. And now being older, like now I'm in the I'm like 
sort of firmly in the middle of like Harrison Ford and and uh, and um, Sean Connery's age right now, you know, when they were in this movie, and it's so it just like, you know, it 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 it, it resonates differently. The old, you know, the it, if you watch it at different ages, it's different than Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is just sort of a like universal adventure film this is this movie is a character study more than anything yeah the action scenes are good in it but they're not they're not the they're not the focus of it very wisely so because yeah. you have shot and connery and you have harrison Actually, get to act off each other which funny. is like go on it's just like it's just like handing an addict a big old plate of crack you know that's so funny you said that because my only gripe of the film, which I was going to tease, but now I'm going to say because you brought it up. I was going to tease my only gripe of the film because I was going to say, oh, it's not what you think my gripe of the film would be if you know, if you've listened to our show. It's not because my actual gripe of the film is I felt like there was one too many action scenes, just one. It was just a touch too long. And uh-huh, I, know was, uh-huh. I know exactly where I would cut it. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, cu- I was, I'm very curious. I'm very curious to see where that is. So that's going to be cool. Yeah, and because like I, I'm sure people were like, "Oh, I bet she hates the whole like Elsa and Harrison making out and blah blah." No, I loved that's that's the meat turn- and potatoes of this movie. I loved that trope of, and I I love that how it took that trope that I hated so much last week. I hated it so much, and it took that trope and then turned it on its head for the plot. I loved it. Give me more of that. Yeah, because Indiana deserved it. <laughs> Marion's still the best, though. Marion is still the best. But, yeah. Anywho, Chris, what are the rules of a commentary? Well, it's not exactly rules. It's more just instructions of how to get going. And uh, this is how we're going to get going. We got our... We got our Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. However, we're going to watch it set up in, at 0 0 and paused and ready to play. And then when I do a countdown from three to the word go, well, when I say go, you go. You hit that button and we all start watching The Last Crusade. I Are we do, ready? I do want to go ahead and give our listeners a tiny heads up. Unlike the last two, this is the first time that Chris and I don't have the same file. So um, if, if we are oh. slightly off from each other, that's why. I just want to that's go ahead and give you good. Good. Yeah, I, we might, I, we might be We might be a couple seconds off. Yeah, so I just wanted to go ahead and give you guys just a little heads up that me and Chris might be slightly off from each other because we're not, for the first time, we're not using the same file. But other well, than that, I'm... You probably won't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. You ready? All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Cue Chris talking about the Paramount logo. Yeah, well, here we go. We got a theme going. I do like this theme. I think it's very clever. Because the first, the first time you mentioned it, I was like, okay. But then the second like, time, I was like, oh, I see what he's doing. And now on the third time, I'm like, it's the thing. It's <laughs> so a I thing, do- yeah. So I do, I do like it. I need my sound. Something, okay. You know, I mean, 
something about Steven Spielberg. The 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 Grand Canyon has been filmed many times, and I and I love this font. I love that that that. It's the first of the titles I can actually read because it's not white on white. (laughs) (laughs) Like you were saying about Grand Canyon. I mean, this is just it's it's not it's not just filmed beautiful beautifully and set up beautifully for widescreen. It's the way Spielberg presents the things happening. I just want to say that rock makes me nervous. All right, continue. Yeah, that's what it's. Of course, it does. It's. (laughs) that is just so beautiful and i I believe i i would bet my my whatever part of my body anybody's interested in that that's a just a nice matte painting that is just but like as as a former cub scout and like somebody who like used to like this this just evokes this time period and voice the the spirit the spirit of like not like boy scouts in reality but like that just the image of boy scouts is just so perfectly done with this with every character every character being their own kind of boy scout you know and well, what was just... interesting to me i actually didn't recognize them right away until they were boy scouts until this scene and even yeah. then to right here and so what what was getting me that i was trying to figure out that took me a second was I, I'm so used to the first two that the, these opening scenes are like the end of one adventure kind of deal. So I'm sitting here going, where's Indiana and in all this? And I love the reveal that he's yeah. one of the Boy Scouts. I really like that yeah. reveal. It's a great Steven, you know, it's, a, it's completely ruined for me now, but you know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's just that great Steven Spielberg style of like yeah he's he's really setting you up here but look at his body language man i i mean okay it's river phoenix yes i i think river phoenix and harrison ford i uh, and i didn't do any research to find this out but i would bet that they that they like checked out each other's movies and like because he gets harrison ford's indie body language perfect and when Harrison Ford later on is interacting with his dad and goes back into kid mode, he looks like River Phoenix does. In the it's it's amazing. It's I I I call the, I don't know what this character's name is, but I call him the whooping guy because that's all he does the entire time. He's just like woo woo woo. Yeah, all oh, these these I guys are all all just like standard character character. Characters? characters from a kids uh like a a series of you know boy scout adventure books you know yeah this was the moment that blew my mind when he was like india and i was like <gasps> and then of course the title comes up the utah 2012 but like the whooping guy like when the sheriff comes and takes it back from indiana the first thing he does is whoa <laughs> like he he's yeah. my like low-key like I mean, low-end favorite character he's my blurbo he's the this blurbo is a boy boy's adventure story and the guy that they bring the cross to who's had the stroke or whatever who half his fa- his face is on and he's like Bleh! everything yeah er- er- everything in this is just so wonderfully presented and this kid is like you could see a series of of stories with this kid as his, his buddy and sidekick you know and what i like is 
that whenever you see the kid, I don't know the kid's name who played that character, but he's always like either like a, a total idiot or a bully in any movie. And this one, he's just he's just Indy's pal. You know, he's a little clumsy, but that's about it. I will say this was my one part about all this. I was like, where did his counselor go? They're just gone. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one thing that got me. I was like, they just left him, I guess. Like if yeah, but, but I, him, I, I was but... I was a Girl Scout, and like like I like if one of us was like in the bathroom too long, our counselors would be like, where did no, so no. and so go? <laughs> no, no, not yeah, but look what year this is. You know, the the kids kids were get, I mean. Just, just the the shot of the kids running up the rocks and the and the counselor guys just like, <laughs> he's all like, hey, yo, 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 like thinking that these kids could get a multiple fracture on here. It's like, and if the kid got a multiple fracture, like his parents wouldn't be like, we're suing. They'd be just like, oh my god, how are we gonna pay for this or what, <laughs> you know? That guy there. He, he, you you just get a sketch of him but he's just such a you know you can see you can see how you could base a whole and and, and I'm sure they were thinking of this you could base a whole and there was a young Indiana Jones show and I don't know if any of these characters ever showed up back in that I've never watched it I really should the one thing I, I, I did notice is the dude in the white suit with the red flower um, who's the bad guy for this first part yeah um, yeah there's a later scene. I think it's the one when they get to Venice and they arrive. Everybody is wearing the exact same suit. And I was just like, is this a mistake or is this supposed to be like this? I don't know. But everybody has the same suit. Are they all bad guys? I don't know. <laughs> I do like how this is how he gets the phobia of snakes. It makes sense, but uh, I think my my only complaint with this beginning sequence is it does too many, too many explanations of how you know too too. It's you know, the the one day that all the the indie stuff imprinted on him. You know, I mean, I get that. It, it's like one too many. It's it's economical. It's economical for for this, but it makes it makes it less. A realistic, should, I guess. I don't know how realistic should, I want it to be, though. You he know, thrown, <laughs> he should have thrown the snake at the guy. That was my yeah, only other well, criticism. He should have thrown the snake at him. Yeah, that, but they, 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 uh, they work that gag later on here. So, and the, these are some, these are some of the only special effects that are a little hinky in this. Are some of the that, the, this. that is a tall rhinoceros. And the way he's sticking is, it looks like a guy. Underneath it. Actually, now I'm wondering how tall are a rhinoceros is. Maybe it's not. How tall are... You get to learn things today on Jagos and Jedi, everybody. I wonder uh, why he just doesn't let go here. Oh, okay. Maybe it's not a tall rhinoceros because the height of, of a rhinoceros is between three to five feet. So it could be a five foot tall rhino. When it throws its head up, that'd be probably another like seven feet. Yeah. So maybe it's not. So it's, these trade cars aren't extremely tall either. But it's funny. This guy. This guy's got a pretty. He's even like. He's even got a kind of a Harrison Ford voice. What I like also about this too, because this is the part that really infers back to Temple of Doom for me, 
because, you know, I was saying how he's all fame and glory, but I didn't really see him as an asshole. That's kind of where this guy is here, where he just wants his artifact, but he's not willing to let this kid die. And so, like, yeah. you know, like, he doesn't get the kid arrested. He doesn't try to, like, they save his life and stuff like that. They're just trying to finish their job, which is very much where India's at in Temple of Doom. Yeah, no, he 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 admires the kid. You know, he's, he's yeah. like, it, obviously, also, as you find out, India, and I like this, this covers the scar on his chin, too. You know, everything happens on the one day. See, so here's, the, if he would have thrown the snake, he would have had two snake gags with that same kid. I do like this little <clears throat> trick here. I like how you can sort of see him. You can sort of see him working the mechanism while they're looking at the box. You can see it wiggling and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, and that's him like dropping through the bottom." Okay, kid, out of the box now. <laughs> that's such a good gag. Damn, I too have a cheek scar. <laughs> We're now scar buddies, and I'm gonna give you my hat. Yeah, that guy is just like it's 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 almost maybe it is like Harrison Ford's stunt double or something, but it even sounds like him. Mm -hmm. This see this remind this reminds I'm me. I'm so of, funny now knowing that 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 husky's name is Indiana, which I didn't know I until think, the end. I think George Lucas had. A dog named Indiana, and I think Chewbacca's from a dog inspired by a dog too. So there's, I, the, 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 this house reminds me in a lot of ways of like the house houses I grew up in. A little more modern, but just the same sort of feel of like antiques everywhere. Look at this guy's face; it's just incredible. So I'm going to say, like, two things here. Um, and they're both about vampires because Megan has dragged me back into the interview with the vampire. The sheriff looks just like one of the characters in one of the new AMC show to the point where I was like, that can't be him. He'd be way too old. And then I was like, no, because the show takes place in, in 1910. So it would match the style and everything. And I was like, wow, that in, in turn shows how the interview with the vampire show really captured the style of that era just as much as this of that did. era yeah and then the other thing is river phoenix was supposed to be the original daniel malloy in the tom cruise movie but sadly he passed away and had to go to christian slater so i'm just like oh you could have been daniel one of my favorite characters me <laughs> and that is your vampire trivia for the day folks well i love this line doesn't mean you have to like it That's such a good transition. And then yeah. he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> He's got blood on his chin, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And here's this guy, too. Just a caricature. By the way, whoever is running the water cannon on this is having the time <laughs> of their life. Because well, I mean, look at his two lackeys there. They're the, they're the, the bugle, or the, are they the bugle boys or whatever from the, the like, Uncle Scrooge? Comics are just like in their oh, their the, striped oh, the Beagle Boys. The Beagle Boys, that's it. 
the Bugle Boys. But like the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boys. During this entire fight scene, the waves are going crazy. So whoever is running the water cannon is having a bitch in time. Because the the waves on this is stu- like this are is ridiculous. crazy. They're yeah. ridiculous. And I there's just, waves and they've got like they've got like a big blower too. Because sometimes you'll see those big waves and you'll see them move because of the air hitting them, and it's just like that's a lot of air, aid eh, for because water's heavy <laughs> so yeah steven spielberg budget although this is I, I don't know this seems lower budget than like temple of doom this movie seems like they said they they maybe they didn't save money because they had sean connery in it but it, also- but it's also deceiving because there's a lot of stuff in here there's a lot of miniatures in here and stuff that you wouldn't even notice because the miniature work in this movie is uh, just outstanding. So you want to I mean, know another fun, tiny little fact that I found out? Yes. So this is a, I'm, I am going to give a shout out to uh, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained because he did a series of Indiana Jones Explained. The Cross of Coronado is not real. Never existed. And oh, okay, the, yeah. And the whole thing about Cortez, like Coronado getting it from Cortez, when that all happened, like Coronado, I think he said was would be like eleven at the time, and there's no record of the two of them ever meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just no, thought that was it, a fun thing. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't matter. It's not the main MacGuffin, and I'll oh, yeah. tell you what, probably the uh, the Ark of the Covenant and the uh, the Holy Grail are probably not real either. So yeah. Know. But there's more but, like but there is but you can trace the stories of them mm-hmm. and stuff. Dude dude he is he's still creeping on his students probably even worse than this. Watch at the very end when they're all walking out he get there he gives one of he gives a back and forth smile with this one. He gets a note from another one that he just like I'll snag that. Yeah, and just he's sort of the puts worst it worst <laughs> teacher like he just bounces on his students. Yeah, he's a very he's a very droner droning sort of teacher, isn't he? Just... No, no, I just mean in general, like his his students. He's clearly not around a lot, so his students clearly need him. He hasn't greeted any of his shit. And then what does he do? He crawls out the fucking window, and he's just like, "Peace out, bitches. I'm going on my next adventure." I guess. Yeah. No, the, I mean, but that that's colleges are famous for having like teachers that are like just really more like a famous person in that area who are like you know just sort of you know they know they're not gonna leave because they they're they're you know they're almost like he's almost like a sports player because i mean even back in temple of doom people were like you're the famous indiana jones you know so by here i think your your explanation in the first movie like really clicked with me on this one, which is this is how the his paying bills job so to fund his adventures. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of like uh, like at uh, the college I went to, there were a few like artists, you know, and they would teach one class every once in a while, and they would come in and do a few workshops every year or so. But they were just sort of officially a teacher. And they and, you know, and they they had their main thing, but that, you know, they they were honored by that school asking and the school wanted them as like, you know, to say we have this person on staff, you know, as a teacher here. It's a draw to the school, too, you know. Mm -hmm. 
having us it was like I having carl, Sa- like carl sagan at cornell like you know it, i love that horror movie aesthetic it looks like a zombie movie of all the zombies like banging on the door <laughs> see this this room here this is like my childhood i like i love the this ass uh, this movie this movie is also and and i know you'll appreciate this it's just full of nerds nerding out there's there's nerd there's even a Nazi nerd nerding out or a Nazi collaborating nerd that 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 her nerding out overrides everything, you know. No, that's the thing. Like every time I started feeling like a slight bit of like, oh Elsa, I had to be like, Well, she's a fucking Nazi, fuck her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's yeah, crying yeah. over I mean, her I mean, books and I'm the like, thing about it, the thing about it is if if she was really a redeemable character, she wouldn't have ended up falling down into the pit, you know, at the yeah. end. I mean that that basically that like yeah we'll get to that at the end but so the thing about this scene is you know I was watching this entire scene and I kept going I'm pretty sure this is the bad guy isn't he <laughs> oh but, yeah come but, on yeah but there was just every once in a while there was just a little like it might have been just his delivery or something that made me go Maybe he's not the bad guy, but I'm pretty because sure he's the bad guy. And of course, it's revealed he's the bad guy. And I was like, okay, I need to trust my first instincts on this one. <laughs> well, I was it's right. because they all have the nerd in them. Even like that's the thing is that this movie also has a subtext of like how everybody's like a big nerd about some of this stuff, but some people are evil and want to possess it. That's actually and other people so are valid just because every time. Uh, a nerd enters that Indiana don't know they're the bad guy. <laughs> so, well, the, I mean, the, the Nazis are totally without nerdiness and everybody kind of hates the Nazis. Even the people who are collaborating with them are just kind of like, uh, fuck these guys. But, uh, you I, know, all of these, uh, you know, all, all, all the people that are involved in the Holy Grail or in the, they all have a common, that a common, you know, I mean, there's a, uh, a theme of like people acting like kids and that's why that's why you know she sleeps with both india spoiler indian and his dad is because she 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 is she that was the best reveal of the movie oh my god yeah nobody hopefully if you're watching this for the first time you're not watching it along with our commentary i really like i I really not i would really not recommend that at all can i also say it like I, I figured out why I thought that he might not be the bad guy is because he actually very specifically warns him not to trust anybody. And of course, the first person he, he quote unquote trusts is Elsa. And so like, I, I did have a moment of like, why would he tell Indiana not to trust anybody? Knowing if he was working with the people that he was sending to me, Indiana. And so that I did have a little sub thought of like, maybe he wasn't the bad guy and they usually don't show like the bad guy's significant others as well and so i I did have this moment of like maybe he was warning indiana to not trust anybody because he actually genuinely wanted to get the grill for good reasons and of course it's not true but i I thought that was very interesting because if he if he was sending indiana to elsa and he's working with elsa why not just say hey you'll meet my assistant dr elsa you know like that that was the one kind of like subversion that i was i was like that's 
that's good writing right there because it was enough to make me because the moment this guy walked in i was like oh that's the bad guy but then they they laid just enough little bit of groundwork in the writing to make me question he was the bad guy Am right, I making any right. Sense? enough enough to go oh yeah because it's that point yeah there's so many like film noir elements in here of like well you know it seems like this guy is like the i'm gonna be sprung as a bad guy bad guy but it's almost too obvious because here he is right here at the beginning and so it's it's almost a little too obvious so you're thinking like okay maybe he's not you know and it's an indiana jones movie the next scene when indy goes on his quest we may never see this guy again you know but they they like they make character you know they'll make characters seem like they're going to be through the whole movie and and they're not and characters you know like a mystery movie or something you know so this guy could just be another like sort of marcus like character that's just uh on on the on the steps to getting to his dad and uh so it's hard to tell you know it's hard to tell it's but yeah and and that's and and also people are like sort of people are sort of like a lot of times in Indiana Jones movies, you're going to just sort of be like do this part, go get some popcorn or whatever, because you're wanting to go to the action scenes, but you can't do that in this movie. Can I um, give you probably my hottest take of this movie? Sure. And I'm going to preface it by saying I understand his role in this movie. And I understand his function, and that's not what bothers me. I'm just not a fan of Marcus in this one. I, I think yeah. he, but I, I understand why and how he's here. So I guess that's why it doesn't bother me as much. But he's probably my least favorite part about this entire thing. Like it's it, well, I I I really he's, like. He's almost think... too goofy. Like I know he's here to be, and like some of it works. Like when when Indiana is just like, oh, he'll blend in and blah blah blah, and then there's Marcus walking through the streets, going, "Does anyone speak English?" Like that that comedy works. But then he has other moments where the comedy doesn't work, and it's almost like he's too goofy to the point of being like. He's the new Jones girl. He's the new Willie. He has to constantly be rescued. I'm like, mm, can he be like just a? He can be funny and a hair more competent too, because he really doesn't I, provide anything other than being I think, here. I think this was supposed to be the last movie, and they wanted Marcus and Sala in it, and they've just sort of given they they sort of take mm. a last ride you know they they are no no you know, the i actually i read about this so that that is true and not true at the same time the reason marcus and sala is in this is because temple doom was so dark that they wanted to recapture the fun of the first movie which is why they brought back sala and marcus but they also played up marcus's goofiness because they thought the last one was too dark and they wanted to balance that so what's that's really funny is it was only dark in places. The other one had plenty of goofiness in it. You know, it's it's so strange. This one's this one's just a little more plays. This one actually of all the India Anna Jones ones, I think this one plays the most towards reality. You know, whereas like a lot of the the stunts and chases on this are are great, but they're not like completely ridiculously over the top situation like running around a, like a, a spitting airplane 
Right, I, right. I think the reason they're, it they're all me they're is... all sort of plot. They're all like more plausible like things that somebody would do. I love this doctored up picture of the two of them. I think the reason that bothers me is there's nothing in the first movie that indicates that Marcus is that kind of character. So it does feel a little out of left field when he's suddenly like, Henry, the pit is stronger than the sword. Like, right? So like, there's really nothing that, it'd be one thing if he dropped like a few jokes and I don't mind him just being like out of his element with the occasional thing, but like, it's, it's, too much it's it's I just think a they're trying to much. show yeah 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 it's it's it it reminds me of cannonball run movies and stuff like that but like they're 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 both but yeah i guess it's that it was supposed to be they're both enjoy i love the i love this grail book too it looks more plausible than most movie diary books did they ever publish a grail book i don't think so oh, i would i would should. love to have it i'm gonna google this but because the thing, the reason it works with Sala is they built up that kind of character with Sala. He was serious. Yes. He was kick-ass, but he could also make jokes, and he was funny, and he was a loving person. See, see, they're all wearing the white suits with the flowers, and so I was like, "Oh no, are these bad guys?" Might just be the style of the times, you know. But I did have that moment of just like the guy in the opening act was the bad guy, and he had a white suit and a flower. <laughs> So I did have half a moment, and then we never come back to that, so it's fine. But, like, it works with Sala, but, like, there's no indication with Marcus that he was ever that kind of character. So it just sticks out to me more. Yeah. I'm so glad she screwed you over. Indiana Jones Grail book i guess it'd be a diary not a book grail diary yeah uh, I love apparently there's some on amazon and and oh. fan-made ones on etsy i bet the oh. fan-made ones are on etsy are much nicer they probably are yeah so yeah you could have yourself an indiana jones book i love this where they're starting on their dialogue they know they're good they already know they're they're gonna hook up but they're starting on their little little dialogue for a 40s movie that's not in the for, not in the 40s <laughs> and uh and marcus is just like come on <laughs> but like i mean this movie is is a lot of like sort of tr like beautiful travelogue you know i mean it really like has some nice Venice stuff. This is this scene is is great, but it's also uh, and I this is another thing that I love about Indiana Jones movies is he's reverent and stuff, but he's gonna smash through the floor in, <laughs> in this place. Oh, you know. oh, he's reverent and stuff, but he dumps a historical knight's grave into a thing to save his life. Well, you know, yep. I mean, I would too. I'm glad he's not a full idiot, though. Like, he continues to hide the grail diary, at, le at least from her in the beginning. So I'm glad he's not fully stupid from a No, until they, they start hooking, until they hook up, I think he's not going to trust her. But when they hook up, he's an idiot, you know, and he's just like, oh, okay, she's okay. She wouldn't have sex with me if she was not on, like, completely on my side. That's why I love that reveal, because it's like you deserved that one india <laughs> yeah 
You absolutely brought that on yourself, and I am here to see it. <laughs> She's an obvious, obvious one not to trust, and her name is very, very, you know, not to be biased, but it's very Nazi. <laughs> like knowing when exactly, like knowing what time period is this sound like it'd be one thing if she was like, "Hi, I'm Elsa Smith." <laughs> that would be different. Like, but. I love the giant. This is a great. This is a great Nazi punching movie too. Oh my god, we're gonna get into some good na- Nazi punches. Oh, Nazi violence! Like, oh. I can't believe though he was the first person to see that giant fucking X on the floor. <laughs> I do like the joke of it. No, though. people like, saw the X, but they just didn't know. And it refers back to the X never marks the spot. Exactly. Never, ever marks the spot. I like it for the joke, but at the same time, I'm like, it, I kind of wish there was like a table on top of it. And then he was like, oh, I need to move this table out of yeah. the way or something. Because it's a little like, I was like, really? Did, because it, it, it puts that Henry they're, is they're, so They're keeping damn it smart. moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> like, moving Henry it forward. Is, <laughs> Henry is so damn smart. And he didn't notice the giant. I guess so. Like he, I could see him being a bit hyper fixating, neurodivergent. Right. But I love this joke too. <laughs> also, that guy has fantastic eyebrows and a mm-hmm. fantastic mustache. Love him. That's my another one of my favorite blurbos of this movie. Well, he, he, I was going to say he looks like a character in a lot of Italian movies, so he's looking very Italian, I guess. I'm going to talk a lot about your father. You so much about your father. I fucked uh, your father. Fuck your father. <laughs> I will give her points over Willie. Willie would be screaming the moment her foot touched that skeleton, so. No, she's. Well, the the the, the female lead in all in all three movies so far has been completely different. Oh yeah. They they've definitely not just like put the same trope in. And and it's especially like the and this is gonna sound silly. I like the fact that they address her heels because she she met with them. She wasn't probably expecting to go tromping through catacombs and stuff like that. So she was she dressed to meet them as business people. And yeah. when she has trouble walking, that's when he carries her because she wasn't expecting. Okay, here's here's a tiny thing about this movie, and I'm gonna totally say that I'm absolutely one hundred percent ruined by the mummy. Because I think the mummy did it better. Because I like this reveal. I think the character's name is Kazim. I like uh, this reveal that Kazim is not evil. He's working to protect the Grail from the Nazis and all everything. I just wish he had a bigger role in the movie. Like I, I would almost want it to be a misunderstanding where they misunderstand Marcus and like Kazim's like actually friends with Sala or something, just to give him a better role in the movie. I, and I, I feel think- they might have cut some stuff out because like when they show up at to, at the you know, it almost seems like in the the one character goes, it is Jones. You know, it seems like there's some uh, like a couple scenes missing in there, you know. And and the reason I feel like I'm ruined by the mummy is that um, the character that uh, Odette Fair 
plays. I think his name is Artist. Um, he's the friend of like Rick and Evelyn and all of them. Um, Odette Fe- Fair's character is fully a part of the movie for two fucking movies. And he starts off in the same role. Like, he is there to protect the crypt because he knows that if the mummy is release, released, it's going to put great evil in the world. But as soon as he realizes that Rick and, and, and uh, Evelyn wants to stop the mummy too, they join forces. And then they become friends. And then they're friends for two movies, you know? Like, I just... Um, and, and so I think that's what ruined me because I think if I would have solved this without having the context of the mummy first and how well that kind of character was treated in that movie versus this, I don't think I would have had a problem with this. But they handled it so well in the mummy that I was all the rats. Actually, I, th- I think I would rather prefer rats over like the bugs of the last movie because rats are just, I mean, of course they have fleas and I'm highly allergic to fleas. I'm actually rats have rats have fleas. They have big teeth. They have claws. They have disease. They spread disease. Like bugs, bugs for the most part, except for like bees and stuff, aren't going to like attack you and start biting you. They might crawl all over you and gross you out. Now I guess I should most- say I've never had a rat on me, but I've had bugs on me, and I think it's the cold versus hot. <laughs> But you're you're right, and the thing, like I said, I'm highly allergic to fleas. Like I've like I, a single rat or whatever, but I mean like a teeming, roiling thing of rats. You could get bit and then start bleeding, and then have rat rat spit on your cuts, and you 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 just rats are you know rats are like mammalian and bigger and like more likely that like they can look at you and go like I'm gonna get this you know attack this guy or whatever where bugs are just crawling around doing their thing and just like I'm crawling on a person now I said what I said I'd rather have the rats over the over the uh bugs Uh, I said what I said I still still yeah 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 I do like the whole thing that this is like what what would they say like petroleum it's not petroleum um some sort of like flammable liquid yeah like some sort of gas coming up and it's it's water but it's got like yeah because i was like oh there's more diseases in that sewage but it's it's actually (laughs) i love it it's like this like this like kind moment that he like just dumps the corpse in (laughs) i actually thought they were gonna save the shield though i did I, I thought that they were gonna like take the shield with them or something. Not no. Just it. Yeah. No. I mean, in reality, that was what would happen. They would, and they would send people down to get. Because even though they knock over this shield, it's just underwater right now. Yeah, it's just it's just hanging out. It's not doing anything. Like after you know, after he knocks it over, I've I've done this before. Done rubbings of like tombstones and yeah, and I... that have words on them and stuff. I've done that too. I I do kind of wish because like she this especially in the like first like 10 15 minutes of Elsa being here, I do wish there's some point where he was just like stop talking about my father because <laughs> like she'd be like good job Dr. Jones and then like talk about her father and I'm like I guess that he was the better at well. I mean, even though he's sort of a little on the outs and exasperated with his dad, it probably is probably he's probably worried about him, and it probably is actually good for him to hear about him a little bit. You know, that's a good point. That's a valid point. 
Though I will say all the rats climbing into safety is kind of gross. I'll, I'll I'll give them that. Well, there's no way it's going to be an Indiana Jones movie without that thing filling up with rats. But they don't. I but they play this movie differently. Like this movie yeah. goes. We're used to these beats. There isn't like in the other movie. It's not like there's you know there's a timer going off and stuff. This is this. This movie just sort of like throws that stuff in as coloration rather than being just sort of like, you know. Well, I, I think that's the difference. Like Temple of Doom was gross to be gross. Well, this this makes sense. The rats just chill out. But like there were so many goddamn bugs and it was just there to be there. And oh, stuff. yeah. No, it was. I mean, the whole sequences were were set up to be like gro- like tense and gross out in the situation. And when they do it in here, it's not as... It doesn't have the urgency. It's more like... Su- this reminds me a little bit of Tintin's stories, too, if you ever, like... Oh, yeah. Spielberg ended up doing a Tintin movie, which is really good, which is kind of like uh, another Indiana Jones movie, It's but with different characters. But, like, Tintin has a lot of guys at Turks and Fezes in it like this, chasing people around. But I... I love that there's a lot of models in in the, the all of this is pre-CGI so it's like everything and the 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 sometimes it doesn't work sometimes the like having a real set looks a little cheesy there'll, there'll, there'll be a scene coming up here that could have been maybe enhanced with CGI or done better but it's a little cheesy but for the most part a, this stuff is all real and just looks beautiful, you know? And it's, like, very un... <laughs> Sorry, I like that line. I, I've been on boats, and you have to yell at each other. Yes, yes. They really... They... they, they... Okay, here's a great miniature shot coming up is when after this boat blows up and you see like its spine come out. Yeah. Wee! Looks beautiful, looks totally real. I will say, this is the worst that anybody has ever shot guns in this movie. The same thing with the Nazis, like, they're like... Nazis are like, the Nazis are stormtroopers in this one, yeah. Essentially, yeah. Like, nobody can, like, shoot a gun in this movie. This is one of, this is one of the, I remember being in the theater going, okay, this is pretty hinky right here. You, You don't, boats, A, this, the way a boat is built... It, you're not gonna chop pieces off of it. You're gonna push. Oh, of course. It. You're gonna push it under. It's lo- long. Mm-hmm. See, it's just chopping it off like a saw. Like it was razor sharp or something. And it's just like you know, I was just like, okay, this is, this is cheesy, but it's still real. It looks real, you know. Yeah, I want some. I hope. I hope they. Did like a prequel story with Kazine because I actually really like his character and I I, I think that's like I, I wish I got more of him. 
I have a favorite. Uh, one of my favorite character actors shows up in in this, and I didn't did not know who I did not recognize him, and I had to go back after seeing the. I'm like, Alexi Sale is in here, and and he whenever he appears. He's uh, like he's like Gary Oldman. He's like different. Like he never looks the same, you know. See, I like how Indiana Jones just sort of he just sort of senses this guy isn't isn't evil, you know. Yeah, yeah. Once like the the chase is done, he's just like, oh, I'm sorry, I killed all your friends. Sorry, dude. Yeah, that's not even really addressed. Actually, you want to know who my look like this boat guy right here in the dock guy? He's just like, oh, this guy is climbing off bloodied. All right, well, here's your rope. <laughs> Bye. Venice. That's oh, Venice. Their, their boat is shot up and this yeah. guy's bloody. He's yeah. sitting well, there. He's like, all I right, mean, here's your rope. <laughs> I mean, everybody within a couple miles must have heard all the machine gun fire going off there. That's true, because this is what, like, the 40s? So this is also, like, war Italy. I think this is just pre-World... I don't know if this is... World War II is going on yet, or if... What year did it say this was? Well, right now? I, I'm joking, because the one I remember is the, the 1912. So, um... Last... I'm guessing this is in the late 30s. I'm guessing this is pre-World War II when Hitler's just run in Germany. Let's see. Last Crusade is taking place not in 1989. That's the name. Let's see. Um, It's not 1989. It is. I don't care about all this plot. 38. Yeah, so this is, this is, yeah. So Hitler's just rising in power. But didn't the war start in like thirty nine? Yeah, this is just just pre World War Two. Yeah, this is where he's just like, I know I hate Nazis, but like, and I mean, and it would be just after this that he joins. Oh, I'm so good. 39. The army to go fight not Nazis, and you'll see he's hungry for Nazis in this. There's one scene where he literally growls. He wants to punch this Nazi so bad some more. He just like wants to just tear him limb from limb. I love it. I love it. The only thing about this is they go through Indiana's room. They go through Elsa's room. Why did no one go through Marcus's room? <laughs> I know it's it's Elsa setting him up. I know it's Elsa setting him up. But I just found it funny. Oh, <sighs> he deserves her playing him so much. Well, she totally, she totally, look, she's got this set up so bad, like, she's got the music, she's got her outfit on and everything. But not Marcus's, because he's not important. <laughs> See, but that's really smart way for her to figure out if he had the Grail Diary or, or not. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. I love... Because, when I, of course, I'm watching this for the first time. And I ragged about the whole Willie and him romance scene last week, right? So when I got to here, I was just like, oh, no, it's going to happen. And then they start making out. And I'm like, oh, no, it's happening. Ah! And then it <laughs> turns out that she was playing him. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Fuck your libido. 
Good, because that's what you did, Indy, and you deserve this. Because <laughs> I hate that trope. I hate this trope of like, you're hot, I'm hot, we've known each other for four hours, let's fuck. I hate this trope. And so, the fact that they actually like turned it on its head for the plot, I'm like, yes, this is like the best scene in the movie. Yay! <laughs> well, this is more like Raymond Chandler detective novel plot element. I like his face. He's just like, gay, gay. <laughs> and I love this. He's just like, oh, I'm going to have a gondolier singing while we have sex. This is great. <laughs> meanwhile, Marcus is me. just, meanwhile, Marcus is just sitting in the next room like, I wonder when Indiana's going to get back. He we was going to have sex fuck. in front of, he fully intended to have sex in front of Short Round in the last movie. So, yeah. So he's not he's not shy. He's no love for Marcus. I love this shot of them coming up to look, look how their car is just sort of bopping up and down. It looks like a little toy, like a like a little toy car. It's great. I will say I love this bit where Indiana's playing a Scottish dude, and I wish we got more of that in the other two movies. Of I him, like just realized that now he's doing an he he does that accent he's doing an impression of his dad because sean connery's got the scottish accent so he's doing an exaggerated version of his dad but like i wish we had more scenes like this of him playing a character that's yeah. outside of himself because this is so great it's so funny this is probably one of harrison ford's best acted scenes and have you ever seen blade runner no, you know I haven't. He he famously does he does this in Blade. He's he's such a dour character, and he has to play. He plays a reporter, and he's like, "Hi, geez, hi, Miss. Uh, I just was wondering, we want to do a little um write up on you." And, uh, and it's just really funny to see, yeah, him play the sort of. I mean, Harrison Ford really gets to there. They're going like, you know what? We're letting we're 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 letting him you know, exercise some of his comedy chops, you know? Yeah. I, I just, I wish we got, like, now that I have this scene, it makes me wish we got more. It's like, they gave me, like, and, the amuse-bouche, and now that I have my amuse-bouche, I'm like, I I need this amuse-bouche to be, like, an entire course. I and need this more. Scene, th- this scene is totally from Temple of Doom, and instead of, like, a death cult, it's Nazis, and he's just like, This kind <laughs> of... That that line got a huge cheer in the theater. Hate these guys. <laughs> this is also very smart that he figured out this was his dad's room. Yeah. How's it wired though? For like with a bomb or for like listening devices? That's for, what for, I for listening. They're they're there's somebody in another room listening when they're interrogating him or talking to him to get okay. Because I was wondering about that because if it's then of course the Nazis figured out he was in there because they were yelling at each other. If somebody's always listening to his room, but they might only listen to it when somebody uh, goes in there true. to talk to him or something, you know. This is such like a little moment right here, and it might seem mundane, but I liked it. I like that he had to, instead of doing, like, one big action swoop all the way to the window, he has to go to one side, turn, and then go back to the other side. I swear to God they ripped this off. They they, they snagged this from one of the Dave Michelini Marvel Indiana Jones comics because he does it in one of the comics. Does this that same with, like, electrical lines and everything. 
I love that it just hurts him. I love this first scene with them. It informs so much about their character arc because he immediately goes into the yes sir, like yeah. trying to like live up to it, and then the you see Henry's entire thing of just like he's not worried about Indiana, he's worried about that he's damaged this piece of history, and it's such good like like the first twenty minutes were like Indy's a kid and stuff like that. Like yes, that that's all good too, but this is a really good establishing where they are now, where. It really sets up their character arc so yeah. well. Here's here's my dad on his bull. Oh, he's even even now my dad's on his bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Harrison Ford gets to make some just look at his face. His face is just amazing. I mean, Spielberg must have been in his glory directing scenes with these two guys who are just, you know, two of the greatest natural actors, you know. Like natural, like action star sort of actors, and just and also just incredibly solid actors. It's it's pure magic. And it, it, like, and, and, and then it turns and like shows where they're connected because now they get to nerd out. So it yeah. shows like their one connection to each other, um, which, which I you know I get. Like I said, like me and my dad don't have a lot in common except except for sports. So, like, when it comes to, like, like baseball or, like, basketball or something like that, like, we can just be like, we can talk, let's do this thing. But, like, we have trouble having yeah. conversations about other things. No, and, and so, also, like, this, it, this really resonated with me. In, Indy also gets to, like, fill in key information of his obsession, you know? Like, look at, and, there, and, and look at, here is a scene of him being a little kid, just like she was just, look at him, it, it's... It's glorious. It's glorious. I also all, love all the that exposition his dad. In this is glorious. Like all the like, just people talking about you know, the plot elements. Instead of being tedious, it's it's wonderful because they. <laughs> I love this scene where he's just like, "You have it on you." <laughs> 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 this is such good comedy. Yes. I love this fight. I also like that Henry's like not an adventurer. Like he's straight up an academic. Yeah. He's an academic, but he's not really a fool. Like in the in the first yeah. viewing like of Marcus, the like Marcus is the fool, but yeah. like like Henry rises to the call of action when he needs to, but he rises to the call of action in his own ways. Like like scaring the birds with the umbrella, you know, like that that is him rising to the occasion to the call of action. But like, but like Marcus never reaches that level, so he so at no point does Henry come across as goofy. He just comes, unlike I Marcus, he comes across Kill, kill, kill the Nazis. I love that his dad is just shocked that he's killing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is his, <laughs> his, his dad is a very religious guy. And that's also like a, what he's he's getting through a lot of this on religious faith. You know, he is like a true believer in the grail and like. And he's he's like like but the, but the, like this also like informs about their relationship as well too 
because he's not trusting his own father right now, which shows with the place where he's yeah. at right now too. Yeah, he's trusting. He's he's he's. Hey, yo, yo, Indy, bros, bros over hoes. <laughs> I love that she played him. I love that she played him. Oh, I love that smile. Notice how Spielberg really, really, like, plays up the Nazis' blue eyes. He really gets, like, like. there's several shots in here of Nazis with, like, glowing blue eyes. I, I don't know who this actress is either, but she's really good in this role. Yes. Like, she's just so diabolical. Yes. And, and like, yeah, so that... And, Isn't that guy um, the main Nazi General Veers in Star Wars? I know General Veers well, is in here somewhere. I know, I know he, the actor who plays Veers is, is one of the Nazis. I just don't remember which one. I don't remember either. I think, yeah, I don't think so. And this was the part where I was like, "Ha! I called it." The Nazi's just like smiling. He's just like, oh, this is so fun. <laughs> I have zero investment in this. I don't believe in any of this bullshit, but this is fun. <laughs> and I think by, uh, you know, he's like, this guy probably melted a few of his friends back at the Ark of the Covenant in incident, you know. And this guy is such a stereotype. I mean, the not th this is fully stereotyped. Nazis, they're always doing Nazi things like doing secret code in their secret compartments and stuff. She's kind of like Ilsa, she wolf of the SS. That's actually a really good point you just made, though. Now I think about it, is that after Ark of the Covenant, Indiana probably does have a big old target on his back of revenge for Nazis. The, the Nazis probably don't like him. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they, he has a target on their back as much. But he's definitely on their shit list. He's definitely not a not a friend. <laughs> he he definitely took out quite a few Nazis in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's on their Shiza list. <laughs> I love this whole scene where he's just. I like, do. This is a good use of Marcus right here. This is a good use, and also Sala continues to be. Yeah, yeah, and Sala continues to be the MVP. Like I, and I also, love Sala. Also, the location means a million fezzes, so it's always like, who's who's follow? You know, anybody could be following him right now. You know, I love him, and and I love how aware he is. Just like they set up solid. He, of course, a, com a comedic relief character, but he's also very aware. Like when he's just like, oh, the papers, Marcus, run! Oh, here's the paper, Marcus, run! Paper, run! <laughs> yes. But I like it because this is clearly the most evil person in the area. Like, Sala knows what's down. He's so good. I love this character. Papers, please. Papers. Of course. 
I love how it's just like, yes. Yeah, they they basically they basically get this storyline out of the way in the, this one scene, you know. Yeah, but I also like how it builds on like the part of the first movie too, because yeah, like, yeah, it, you know, it's all this community. Way. Yeah, and so it again, like what what this movie does so well is it builds on the tropes of the first movie, but then like twists them. Yeah. Before that was really like like became a trope itself. That was Steven Spielberg and George Lucas not wanting to like wanting to keep it fresh, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that like I think the the besides the cast, the like the cast and the the script are the stars of this this movie are the backbone of this movie. You know, it is. We've already established him as an action star, so we gotta have some action scenes. But like, the, it's the the stuff happening between him and his father is far more interesting, you know. Than, than the action sequences, and that's saying a lot. But then you got Harrison Ford and Sean Connery, so there, you know, you can't. This is just like a dream cast, and like look, the going, hate in his eyes. Ugh. Oh yeah, like yeah. It also shows. It also shows like, and this was also though like at this time like. He and his father both think. <laughs> Continue. Like I think, I think. Sorry. He and his dad both hate Nazis so much. I like how he's just like, oh, geez, awkward. But uh, he and his dad he like gives him like, oh, dad, oh. Their their outright hatred of Nazis is is a few years ahead of their fellow Americans because they've had they've already had their exper- like direct experiences with them. They're, you know, they're not like political people who are like, this is fascism and stuff. They're just like, I've met these people and they're fucking evil, evil pricks, you know? But I love that that it's just this (laughs) glowering hatred. Now, doesn't it look like they should just be able to sort of shimmy down out of that main rope that's holding them together? I thought uh, so until I realized he had ropes on his hands. Yeah. And that's that's what got me because cause at first I was like, what's keeping them in this? And then I saw the ropes on his hands and I was like, oh, okay. Because at first it did. When I first watched this, I thought it had a pot leaf on it. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I'm that person. And then I was like, oh, it's a four leaf clover. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, people were smoking pot in those days, but I don't think the pot leaf was like a symbol, like a recognized no, symbol. Yeah. Like enough to be on a nice lighter. This is such a good set piece. I hated this the first time I saw it. I thought it was kind of cheap, but I love it now. It's so, especially when they get to the fireplace and the rotating yeah. fireplace. Like, yes, it is such a good set piece. It's so it's so goofy. 
but I think that's why I like it because it's it's just enough of like action and goofiness to like really work well. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's cla- it's classic. I and I'm a sucker for old castles and an old castle with secret passageways and stuff is is just catnip to me. Look how happy this guy is to get to kill them. Just as happy as they are to punch him in the face. <laughs> and kill him. <laughs> yeah, kill the Nazis. <laughs> so I thought this was like the smartest thing because that'd be the last yeah. thing to burn. Yeah, no, that would be the same. It, in, in theory, yes. But you'd have to close the flue on it because if the flue was open, it would actually suck all the smoke and fire towards it. Mm-hmm. When, when... <laughs> I love, how... I love that what that one woman is a, a very just like <laughs> not stereotype. They got the hairstyle right and everything. You know, she reminds with... me of Frau Farbissena from Awesome Powers. Oh yes, like... yes. Oh yeah, it might be the same actress. It might be. It looks like the same actress. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It definitely is. It's the same. It definitely one. is. Okay, I gotta look this up for sure. Hold on. No, it's definitely her. There's no way. She. There's. There's no way. Let's look at your. I actually. I kind of just stand there. <laughs> I actually noticed that there is was a distinct lack of the whole Indiana Jones theme in this one, where I felt like the second movie like almost overplayed it too much. Of like, this is supposed to be a big moment, so use well, the theme. Because like, in the second movie it was coming back, and and like the first movie established it as like this is a great theme in the second movie, but this one this one is is being more subtle about it, and they're saving it till because it's going out, you know, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, but I like that. Like, yeah, I, I guess what I was gonna say, like in the second one, it felt like it was almost shoehorned in too much, like. Um... Like, this is supposed to be a big moment to get you all pumping and stuff like that. While in this one, it feels like it's appropriate. That is not the same actress that plays Ralph Harbus enough. No. Oh, my God. They look exactly alike. As soon as she started yelling, I was absolutely sure. I like how he he sends the boat off to make them think that they're on the boat. Except... They should have waited and let them chase chase him a little while and then take it off on the motorcycle. They're, like they they just they just troll them with the motorcycle here. You know I okay. I I was saying how I felt like there was a scene that could be cut, or at least to to make the movie like because it had like one too many action scenes. I'm gonna slightly take that back. Okay, you ready? Because originally the one that I felt like that could be cut was the fight on the Zeppelin. Because oh. it really doesn't do anything other because like they could have still had. I still want the conversation that he has with his dad. I still want all that, but it was just like it felt like a three minutes of like, oh no, the Nazis here. Oh, now he's gone. Okay, let's go on with our day. Um, and it just felt unnecessary. Yes, it's but, a little awkward, but they they. I think he really wanted to do a, a, a neat Zeppelin 
there's a lot of neat Zeppelin shots in there. And I wanted to illustrate what it was like to be on a Zeppelin and stuff. So I think Spielberg was into that. But I agree with you. I think that scene's a little plays a little awkward and is a little long. Yeah. It doesn't make that much as much sense as the rest of the movie. But I love like I love the conversation with his dad. I'm talking about specifically the scene where the Nazi comes on. He has to go put on the the Ticketmaster guy's suit and then come out and take the ticket to throw the Nazi out. I feel like that one could could be cut. But the reason I'm bringing it up now is I feel like this motorcycle sequence could be trimmed down just a little bit, too. It's just a little too long for me. Yeah. And in it, yeah. I wish you would have stabbed him, though. See, now his dad's getting into him killing the Nazis. Well, they did, of course, almost burn them to death. Yes. There's a lot of a lot if of. If that is Mindy Sterling, then she's not credited because they don't have anyone credited for that alarm lady. So maybe it is Mindy Sterling. Female officer at the castle. Take that, so dummy. <laughs> Nicola Scott. So it shows how invested I am in this this motorcycle scene because I'm looking up <laughs> the, the lady. I... Oh, yeah, okay. So that actress's name is Nicola Scott, so... Props to Mindy Sterling for channeling her energy. Yeah. I'm not sure if this isn't a green screen shot. Look at Harrison Ford's nose. Yeah. Look at the background. Look how... how Still the background is? Still... Perfectly still, the background is. I. I love. If it is, it's too. nicely done, but it it's. Yeah. I love this scene. You couldn't do that scene with a green screen. Or that that pull up with the camera. That's like, oh no, you can see the trees moving now. I love this scene. It says it's, it says so much about their different methods of like, because Indiana would just memorize everything because he understands that's the safest route, but to his father, the safest route was like writing it down and well, not remembering father, it. Because then, then he couldn't be tortured for the information. I don't even think he was sick of that. I think his father's just sort of a, a scatterbrained, a little bit scatterbrained academic type, you know, like obsess, obsessive and I like the reveal about their parents. I love the reveal about his mother. Mm. This is some, just some really good, 
like visual storytelling too. We know we're going to Berlin because that's what yeah. we zoom in on. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him making the decision and right to burning books. And what I love about this, this is before, you know, World War II. So this is before, like, the Holocaust and all this. So, you know, we know why Harrison Ford hates, or you know, why Indy hates Nazis. But, like, at this point, you know, there, what the Nazi, Nazis haven't done what they did on the world stage. And it's just, but seeing them burn books is just like... There's there's so many mentions of books being burned in this movie. You know, at least we don't burn we read books, we don't burn them. But I find it really He's funny. Fast he could get into a Nazi uniform, so those Hugo those Hugo Voss uniforms. But that's why I think it's kind of funny because they're like, Oh, the books are being burned, all this knowledge is being lost, and meanwhile Indiana's like throwing historical artifacts into a into the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sma- smashing scene. giant sky- but I, I, I like this scene too with her you know where but she's just thing. like yeah it gives a lot of depth to her character because this scene almost made me feel bad for her <sighs> when I remember that she was a Nazi <laughs> I don't but, think she's as much a Nazi as she is a sociopath she, she's using the Nazis but she also is like she she also hates them or you know is like disturbed it goes against that's the thing that links them all is they're they're nerdy they're nerdy them about history and stuff, but how they approach it is you know, and you know, the thing is all these people are sort of approaching it like indie used to like for themselves. I mean, this is just like it's kind of violent. <laughs> I don't know why she didn't scream. Because she's she's. It, there, there. I, I mean, this is to illustrate. I think that there's that she could be possibly redeemable, or that she's. This it's is saying the, she's not really. This is really the best joke of the movie. This is fucking great. This is the best joke of the movie. And and the the the, the way the way it it plays out with just like sort of like Hitler and him not know, but he also looks kind. He totally could pass off as someone who's just like, oh my god, it's the Führer, <laughs> my book Führer. Uh, but like, because my my fear was that, that that they were gonna burn it. Like that was my fear here. He but was no, good. no, it's it's the best joke of the movie. <laughs> Apparently, the I was reading the actor that plays Hitler in this. The reason they chose him because he had played Hitler in like three other movies, and Spielberg was like, "Well, you already know the role." <laughs> you've already, you've already, yeah, you and you've already, you know, I'm not making you, I'm not going to make this the role where everybody associates you with Hitler. You've already done that yourself. You've, you're already willing to play Hitler. <laughs> I do like the Zep one though. It's oh so yeah, well that's see. the thing. Just, yeah. just to get to see what it would be like to get on a Zeppelin. And look at that one German guy with the white scarf. And he's all like flamboyant. I wonder if we'll get to see him again. Yeah, like this is all really cool. And like I would keep all of this. I would keep this, them getting settled in. There's so, so many things that don't make sense in this. As like as to the guy they threw out not stopping it, the, um, 
him him taking tickets saying tickets in english you know being being american on the the zeppelin and it's a german zeppelin it's got a yeah. swastika on it so yeah. like, i think the crew like everybody in there would like probably speak german but from like that point to where he throws the nazi off is like the part i would absolutely cut from the movie because it doesn't do much of anything it doesn't it just kind of eats time and yeah. i i feel like i again like there's almost like one too many action sequences and we had the big motorcycle one and then we're gonna have the big tank fight at the end which is the big action set piece of the movie and you so you need like a smaller one and a big one but like this doesn't i don't feel like contributes to anything in the movie and it, the movie already feels just like a hair too long and so like this would be the scene i i would cut but then keep everything else like indiana talking with his father indiana yeah i, I think that's general veers hello veers um if it's not i'm a bad star wars fan welcome to my star wars podcast uh, <laughs> but like this doesn't really do anything other than the fact because you could still keep it where they were like, oh, we realized the Americans were on there and we were still turning the Zeppelin around, you know? Like, all that would still work. No and it's not even, like, a really good joke. Does that make sense? No. Like, it's not even a really good joke. It got a big laugh in the theater, but I thought it it, it doesn't make sense. If this guy is conscious, even if it's pulling off, it's like they, they, they mentioned in dialogue that they that they took out the radio. I well, I guess I guess it 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 still makes sort of it makes sense in the way it's written, but it doesn't feel real, you know. I I do like now, that he sees I, the shadows turning, and that's how he knows they're turning around. Yeah, I though this probably is the other most important scene of the movie to set up the rest of the movie. Yeah, I because the whole thing of like. What do we need to talk about? You can't even think of anything. Okay, well, I'm going to get back to work then. Like, that, this scene informs so much about their relationship. And why they have that scene later. Where he, where he loses Indiana and he's like, oh my god, I, I could have had a conversation with my yeah. son. I could well, have had that time. he just assumes Indiana knows the way he feels about him and stuff. And he's just treating him, always treated him like an adult. And that's like... You can't always treat a kid like an adult, you know? It causes problems like this. <laughs> oh, my God. That's something that Bluey gets so right. Because, guys, I've started watching Bluey because I'm that person. And don't at me. It's a wonderful show. It has no right being that good for being, like, a preschool show. Don't at me. Bluey is amazing. There's a reason it's taking over social media. Yes. Bluey got it right. <laughs> I love Chris in silence over the blue comment. <laughs> oh, no, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's fine. And I love that he finally gets this opportunity. He doesn't know what to say because there's just so much overwhelming things that he would love to say, but he can't get out a single word. It's so tragic because, because he knows his father doesn't get it either. And... And I and I get this feeling. There's like there's a lot of things I would love to say to my dad, but like I don't know how to get across to him. So we often fall back talking about sports because it's the only connection that we really have. This is also low key. I love 
his little fold out glasses. Yeah. They just kind of fold out and he puts them on. I, I like that detail. That's how glasses were in the day. Just a lot of them were just a piece of wire. You know, the 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 a lot harder to break them. <laughs> I imagine they'd be really uncomfortable after a while because they'd have to have some tension in there. I like though that he knew exactly what to like. He'd already yep. had it. He, he was like already like, oh, we're just gonna steal the plane. I I heard the best joke. So of course, after I finished this movie, I went in like I started like looking at like YouTube videos about them and stuff like that. And honest trailers broke down all three movies, and they had the two best jokes I've heard so far. One being like. First of all, this captured Harrison Ford's life, and then it showed the Clippers like fly, yes, land, no, and then it had yep. all the headlines of Harrison Ford crashing, which were all after this movie. <laughs> the other best joke was, "You live long enough. If you live long enough as a hero, you'll eventually be the villain in a Black Panther movie." And it cut to the scene of Killmonger being like. And standing in the museum going, how do you think all your ancestors got this? <laughs> <laughs> and then it intercut with, uh, these belong in the museum. <laughs> I was like, yes, honest trailers. You were on point on this. Okay, this is, uh, um. It's clearly green screen. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 The, if they were in a plane, a they would not be wearing their hats like that. <laughs> Valid. The hats would be flying off their head. But I always thought maybe this plane was before it. But they 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 developed technology where when you had a machine gun, that it wouldn't fire <laughs> when it was aimed at certain areas, like where it would do that. <laughs> I like everything here too up until they get away from the planes I just feel like it could be trimmed down a little bit like maybe instead of like what they have to take out what three planes maybe just take out two you know <laughs> yeah. it, it's just it's a little long and I, and I feel that's my biggest gripe of the movie is that it just needs just a little need bit to more. establish the threat of them and then have the the scene with his dad taking mm -hmm. out the plane that's what that's what that's what we need that's all we needed say two is fine but three is too much like you know like establish a threat have the one that gets taken out with the tunnel because that's great and then wait yeah there's only two <laughs> there is only two yeah even then it's just still very the one long. in the tunnel i thought was kind of cheesy actually now that you mention it especially the first time i watched it but yeah that, that's that's my only real gripe of the movie is it needs just a, a little bit more editing because it's just a little too long, just it's just lingers a little bit too much. Okay, so I have a question because I thought this was the movie where they stand and they fire the gun at the plane, but then I watched it and it's not this. What movie is that then? Where they stand and they, I mean, there's. It, it's a movie where, cause it's, they mimic in Star Wars Rebels when Ezra stills the Tie Fighter and Thrawn takes out his blaster and fires at, fires oh, at the thing, and it's a yeah. mimic of a scene. I thought it was this movie, 
and it's not. So what movie is that? I don't know. I know what you mean, though. It's it's where someone just stops and like there's gunfire all around him, and he just takes out the plane with a gun. I love I love this. They just whoop right into the hole. <laughs> Yeah, I think the one plane with with the bomb, like you, you can have the one plane do all the shooting and stuff like that, and the bomb, and then the birds. Cause I, because what I like about the birds and why I'd rather keep it over the the tunnel is it shows again, like I said, it's it's Henry's call to action. Like he's rising to the occasion yes. slowly but surely, but he's doing it in his own way. Yes. And also, uh, listeners, if you know what scene I'm talking about, about the guy standing still and firing I'm, at the plane, please tell me I'm in the comments. I'm picturing it in my head, too, and it's a bad guy that's doing it. I just don't remember. I love the look on his face. He's just like... Doo, 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 doo. Dude, bird strikes are no yeah. joke to planes. No. Yeah, no. They are uh, no jokes. Way to save money. <laughs> Just have the explosion. And I love up. his little smile with his umbrella. Such a good, such a good moment. The, but yeah, the, like the best moment is right here with him just like going like, "God damn, yeah, old man." <laughs> because because Henry is slowly because because in the previous scene when they're talking on the Zeppelin, he was just like, "Wow, this is fun sharing in your adventure and blah blah blah." Um, but then, um, he, he, then he actually sees his dad meet that rise to, to the call to adventure and he, and he succeeds and he saves their lives. Like, I, I like that scene. All right. Here's my, here's my favorite. One of my favorite British comedian guys, Alexi sales is playing the King here with his fez. If you ever seen, they used to show it on MTV. It's a British comedy show called the young ones. About a house of full of punk rockers. He would play their landlord, Jerzy Belofsky. <laughs> and he's a weird, he does like, he's sort of, he reminds me of like Paul Rubens, the guy who does Pee Wee Herman. He was like always playing really weird characters. This is one of his more like normal roles. But now that I know it's him, I can see him in the role, but I did not know this was him. when I, I love this that he's like, yeah, all those, that gold is cool. I want the Rolls Royce. Because, like, when, when I first saw this scene, um, I'm going to slightly change the topic on you. When I saw everybody in the back wearing the red fezzes, my, it was my first indicator going, where is Kazim? He has to be in the scene somewhere. He's and there in he here. Is. Yeah, yep. he's right there. And But, like, that was such a good indicator earlier on to, like, all right, Kazim's going to be wearing this fez. You need to be looking out for him. And there he is. Yep. And again, like, I, I find him as a very intriguing character, and I just wish they did more with him because... Again, the mummy did that character he, type better. He might not be very interesting because he might just have spent his whole life just training for this. <laughs> training and waiting for this. <laughs> well, I, I just wish they used him more in general. Oh, I love Sala. Oh, he's the best. Well, I love that he's a family guy. He's always thinking, of, thinking and talking about his huge, humongous right? extended family. Right? Like he crashes his brother's car, and, and so has, he, he, he has to get the camels for it. And, he, and, and, and I love and, that about him. And Indy knows that he, he's just like, no, no camels. I know. Oh, he sees camels. He's like, oh, Sala knows where to sell camels. Oh, god damn it! You know, Sala sees like two hundred dollars on each of those camels. 
some of the some of the stuff with the tank is like there's 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 many scenes where he could have just like let go of the tank and like run alongside it, you know. <laughs> in in this where he's supposedly in danger and he could just like hop off the tank and like jog alongside it, maybe climb up on top of it or whatever. She's looking totally like She looks like she's lost like 20 pounds when she's in this outfit. <clears throat> she's at like peak evil in her in her outfit but i like how she looks at mark you, you know they're they're setting her up for redemption you know that just to pull the rug out from under it but like they keep just doing subtle things of where she's rethinking everything yeah i i like the depth that they give her character um but every time i start feeling bad for her i'm like eh, fuck it, she's still a nazi she had every opportunity to like help the good guys and she chose not to This is very much playing on the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, too. Yeah. I, I, the only thing is, it's like, yeah, I don't know why they have any indication to think this is Jones, because they can clearly see it's yeah. not. Yeah, that's why I think there's something missing of Jones, like, like, because he's, he's just like, and, and that's where I kind of wish there, like, one of the ideas I, I said earlier, where, like, maybe it's revealed that, like, it was just a misunderstanding and, like, Kazim actually knows Sala. Um, not to say, like, all brown people know each other, but, like, um, it shows that, you know, Sala is really ingrained with his community. And we saw that in the first movie. So it's something that's, like, already established yeah. and stuff like that. Well, I would um, think Kazim would probably be somebody not very well recognized in his community because he would probably be, like, trying to keep a low... Like, they're, they're like a cult, you know? They're probably at their temple, you know, praying and taking turns, you know, watching key points to make sure nobody's getting into the, the right areas and just waiting, you know, and keeping a low... Probably keeping a very low profile... The only part about this where I actually kind of, I, I, I really like it slightly, which is Henry going after to save Marcus, because he has that call to adventure. He's rising to it. And He's then he getting takes into it. it. Too, he took it too far, and then he okay. got captured. And I love that. I love that, because he's like, I am now going to be like my son more, yes. and he gets captured. Shut up, Marcus. <laughs> there, all these shots with Harrison Ford on the horse, like you could frame him on up in a picture. Like the way he rides a horse and like is works the reins and stuff. It all looks like a painting of Indiana Jones. It's just a, it's just amazingly captured in this. In in these scenes coming up. Just makes you hate him more because he's just slapping the old man in the face. See, like 
Harrison Ford and Sean Connery are such similar actors that like you can see like the anger in his eyes and with each slap like this scene I would love it so much as Steven Spielberg because you know that he would like every time a new slap like that scene like that shot right there just the way that like Harrison Ford learned how to ride horses and I mean everything it looks like you know, you couldn't compose a drawing or a painting of Indiana Jones in action that looked better than that. You know, more just like pose, not pose, but like off the cover of a of a one of his novels or something. It's amazing. I don't know why he didn't give the horses to Sala. Just be like, here, take these horses, and I'm gonna go do stuff. Because we actually don't see the camels for the rest of the movie, but we do see the horses for the rest of the movie. <laughs> so I'm like, why wasn't he like, here's the horses, Sala, I gotta go, bye. I love that the, the tank driver is such a character, too. He looks like just like a crazy guy. He does. He looks like the explosives guy from the, the Disney movie Atlantis. Because he has the big... He loves yeah, explosive, and he has the big he, bottle cap goggles. Yeah, I, looks I, kinda I like to blow things up guy. Yeah, that's an underrated Disney movie. I need to watch it. I haven't seen it in so long. <laughs> yeah, it's like you almost assume they let that guy. They like, I like how they just have no care for their own people. They're just like, oh. We'll just blow the truck off then, yeah. I guess. But yeah, like the driver, you get the idea that like he's he's way off uniform, but at the same time they're like, he's the guy who knows how to drive the tank, so let him dress he if he wants to dress like a wild Mongolian, let him dress that way. Just those shots where he like right up to the camera, hits his mark, does a little grin. I mean Harrison Ford leaned off the horse and picked up that rock. <laughs> but, you know, that's... Talking about how they really don't care about their guy. That's very much a theme of Star Wars, too. Like, we see that, yeah. where the Empire is all about stepping on each other, and that's yeah. why, like, for example, like, with Andor, Ferris is so important because they have a sense of community. And that's very much the Nazis in this like they'll step on the next guy up they don't care they're just gonna they're just going to do whatever's best yeah. and Sala and his people are ferrets yeah like they are the community that rises to the occasion because they understand the importance of helping each other so explain to me Marcus's purpose in this movie <laughs> Just to be there, they wanted them all together. They wanted them all together so they could all be together at the end for that. Yeah. That, that. I like I said, I totally get his function as a comedic role. I just don't yeah. get his function as in the narrative side of no, things. No, really, he it, he wasn't really needed, and I don't think anybody was really asking for it, you know. But they, I think they wanted to have elements from. They did. The first movie, and I think that Marion, I think the actress who played Marion was not in the greatest condition psychologically at this point, so that was out of the question. But remember when we watched the first movie two weeks ago, Look, and, I was, him, and, and you just, mentioned... He, 
fucking hates that guy. I just love it. He gr- like he growls. Look at it. He just goes like. But I, like, remember when we were watching the movie two weeks ago, and you had mentioned the name Marcus, and I went, "Who's Marcus?" Ooh. And by the time I, I I had already watched the movie at least once, and like he had just left no impression on me. And you were just, and you were like, "Oh, I've seen this movie like so many times," but also. He's in the third movie, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that I, guy!" Now I can't. Now I can't wait to Crystal Skull to because it's it's gonna it's very interesting. Is Sean Connery back for Crystal Skull? No, Sean Connery was in in the throes of dementia. Oh, it is, it, yeah. By that I time, I forgot about Sean that. Connery was not able to. Yeah, you're right. I forgot that, about that. Unfortunately, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot that he had passed away. I forgot about that. Sean Connery? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I thought he was still ago. alive. Is that 2020? He passed away on Halloween of 2020. <laughs> Seriously, Marcus is the damsel in distress of this movie. Yes. But, like, yeah, now his dad's aiming guns at people. Not very well, though. Gun is not as, definitely not his chosen weapon. Or, or, like, the beneficial weapon for him. This, the pen is what saves him. I know. But and still. having Marcus say the pen is mightier than the sword was just Ruins necessary because everybody, everybody's thinking it in their head already. Anyway, they get, we got it, we got it, yeah, we got it. <laughs> I love watching Nazi dummies fly up oh. the, to the top oh. of an explosion. Here, I wanted, okay. I wanted, I wanted to say something. Um, I, I realize this now because when we were watching the second episode of The Mandalorian with the sand crawler, you were like, yeah. oh, this is like Indiana Jones. Yeah. I see it now, Chris. Here I it see is. it. I Here see it, is. it. I get it. I get it. How, see, this, I was like, this is, this I was is like, the point where he could step, he could just step off the tank and, and run around the other side of it. Like, he's not going that fat. Like, see? <laughs> Look at it. this crawl. Like, Literally walking speed right here. Let's take a little stroll. Yeah, I totally see it. I was like, this is absolutely. Oh yeah. Episode two of the Mandalorian with the yes. fight with the Sandcrawler. I totally get it now. I am learning to understand all the references, Chris. Yeah, that's watching the movies helps with that. How did it not hit the rock on the backside of that? <laughs> He's so mad. He's like, I'm making my angry face. I hate this guy. Punch. The blood splatter. Good. <laughs> Some nice sound design when this when the tank goes off the side. 
mean they just jump? They're moving so slow. Yeah. This looks so painful. Oh, that looks so painful. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. That would be a... Oh. Harrison Ford doesn't get as beat up in this movie, though, if, if you notice. He doesn't... He's not... Doesn't do as much, like, staggering Dala around. is the MVP of this movie! He's always the MVP. Him and Short Round. They carry the two movies. Sorry, you were saying... I still can't figure out how he gets off, how he, how he doesn't, where, where, where that happen where it happens and he doesn't go off with the tank, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, they make a point to show the vines once it's over. Yes. Once it's over. But like, it would have to be somewhere in here where you that's a little little janky green screen, but that's the charm of it. Yeah. But I love this scene because it, it then add, in turns adds so much back into the Zeppelin conversation, where he had every chance to talk to Indiana. Yeah, and and and, he, he and, and it shows he knew it too. He wasn't just unaware of it. He just he was just like, yeah, I prefer, I prefer to not have these conversations like this. Yeah. And I, I think so much of that is also infers back to the conversation about their mother because yeah. he, you know, he was hiding his grief. He didn't get a chance to mourn her because she hid her disease from him. And so he didn't even have a chance to mourn until she was gone. And so I think that like, cause like grief makes people do stupid things. Yeah. And I, and I mean that with so much respect, like it makes people do really stupid things. Yeah. And so I don't know how many times I've had to tell people like when somebody dies and they're like, somebody's being a real jerk. And it's just like you, that grief makes people do weird things, you know, it, or it really does really weird ways. You don't know what's going to come out, you know? And then you have like the scene where the dad's not, he's starting his character arc. He's starting to realize it, but he's still not fully ready to commit until he's holding on to Indiana at the end. And a lot, little, to let go. A lot of river Phoenix in, in, in Harrison Ford's face in this part here. Though this is a really funny comedic scene. Cause he's just like, yay dad. And then he's just like falls over like, <laughs> that's what I like about Indiana. Actually, Marcus's face says everything. Like, how did he get off the tank? I, none of us know Marcus. He he can fly, apparently. I love that Indiana's just a guy. I do wonder how many times they had to do that shot of them rolling the hat in for him. I know. Just some guy off, some grip off screen. Maybe they got lucky and it was the very first shot. And they were like, we did it! Fuck it up! Now, some of this is a real ruins. Mm -hmm. the, the, the the temple... Is that like that opening to the temple is a, yeah. is a real place, which is really cool, and you do get to it by traveling down a little little cat, you know, canyon like this. I 
I also like how they cleared this up because I did have a moment of like, well, that's convenient that they got there first and then they sneak in. I'm like, oh, they didn't get there first. Okay. Yeah. Like they, they really like took the time to be like, it takes them this long to get here. Well, there's the other animal that would kill hope. Horses. I'm definitely allergic to horses and fleas. My two kryptonites. How'd you find out about horses? Did you go riding one and just... In middle school, my friend had a... Because, like, I had a friend who owned a horse, but, like, and it would do horseback riding. But I I know, I didn't put it together right away, but, like, oftentimes, like, if I borrowed her hoodie and it's the one that she wore horseback riding, I would get itchy. But it wasn't until middle school when I went to, like, a horse party where it was at a stable and I rode a horse. I immediately went to the hospital and ives and stuff yeah and then we started putting together because then i would go back over to the first friend's house and i would put on her hoodie and i would start realizing that i was feeling the same way and like i was like as i would and then i I, and i finally asked her i was like did you wear this horseback riding and she was like yeah and i was like oh my god i need a shower (laughs) but it's it's the dander of horses that i'm allergic to It's, it's the horse dander yeah, now we're back. Now we're back to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, all this is great, and that's the thing. Like the tank is the big action set piece, but I almost feel like this end is almost slightly too short. Does that make sense? Just slightly. Yeah, by yeah. About, slightly. By about a minute, like a minute or two. Like it needs another minute or two. Yeah, like the thing is, it needs to be sort of unsatisfying. It's it's only gonna be satis it's only gonna be satisfying for one person, and that's Henry Jones Sr. Cause that's all he really wanted to do is know that it was real. He got to see the ark. Although Indiana Jones drank the water. I think about that. Is he eternal now? <laughs> I don't know. It, I, se- my, it seems like it the way the way the movies are coming out with 80-year-old Harrison Ford, but my my feeling is he's cause the knight says the girl's power only works it doesn't the girl's power doesn't work beyond the seal so my take is he's only immortal in that if space. he if he decides to be the guy watching the arc in that space yeah that's yeah. how i read it because yeah. um once once he's outside that space he ages normally so it's kind of like sith force ghosts like Sith can't have Force Ghosts, but they can t- tie their spirits to an item or a spot, yeah. and they can only preserve their consciousness in that spot. They can't be like Obi-Wan and like travel and stuff and go around and stuff. Like They're only tied to that item or that spot, and that's the only place they can be. Which is why, I, I, like, if they had taken Henry outside and he had to take the girl outside, I don't think it would have healed Henry. Right, yes, I agree. So this is the part of the movie I had actually seen from here to the end. This was the only like chunk of Indiana Jones I had ever seen because I remember my parents and my sister watching it. So this none of this was a surprise, but I really enjoyed watching it now having context to everything else. Because when I saw this, I was like, oh, his dad was doing great. And then, like, so watching the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, they need work on their relationship. <laughs> so it, it's interesting, like, rewatching this part with context. Because, like, I knew how he got. By the way, the bridge trick is beautiful. Yes. 
The only thing about it is what that happened. That was wonderful in a movie theater. The only thing about it is, is they are lucky to get there when the sun's at that specific spot. Well, well, that's the thing is, 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 it's, it's literally a forced, it's forced perspective is the movie term or the magic yeah. term for that. They use it in movies a lot. In Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, most notoriously. Oh yeah. But it, it's, it's kind of a forced perspective gag because you have to come out that little hole. So it like where in your proximity to be there, you have to be at the place to where you, you have to be in the right location to see it, not be able to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, if you wagged your head oh. back and forth, you'd probably be able to see it, but like, you know, it, it's as so a, cool. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great idea. I love and, but this is this is just like uh, the action is the back seat to this. It's not the action in this. It's not the booby traps. It's, it's the him having. The, it's him having. It's him having to having to figure out what to do to get through it. You know. To, and I love his connection has, to his father, and that his father, in a way, like like he can't hear Henry, but he understands. Like they're having this moment together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's channeling his father. But I, I guess that okay, I, I figured it out. Like the thing about it is is that there are like this almost seems too short. Like it almost seems like way too short because Cause we're finding the Holy Grail. <laughs> right. You're not even supposed to find the Holy Grail. It's supposed yeah. to be. It's supposed to be a you know like a Don Quixote type. Of right, right, and it, it's almost too easy. White like whale. He, he dives through it and he he walks across the bridge and that's because he, he was meant to. He's or he's he's worthy to. That's why. Yeah. He's he's worthy to, but like, and and you know what? It would have been. It would have worked out a lot differently. Though I misremembered this scene because they say Jehovah. But I misremembered it as Yahweh. And so uh, I was like, Jehovah? No, it's Yahweh. And then it's Jehovah. And I was like, how did, did I not stick that in my brain? Right? <laughs> it, it, was, it was just funny because I was just like, no, it's Yahweh. And then it's Jehovah. And I was like, Tiny Hope forgot, like, misremembered this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's ever been an actor who's had an outfit for their character that's ever had it work out as well as Indiana Jones. He just, I mean, he looks dirty and beaten up. It, yeah, but he, it, everything looks right about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, oh, and it looks amazing on screen. It's just like, and, it, and it's a lot of times with these movies, like they'll have the action scene, they'll get dirty and all that stuff, and then they'll they'll be magically clean in the next scene. Not but him. I like that they never have a chance to like clean him up. No. And I misremembered this too. I misremembered him climbing up the lion and jumping from the lion. 
it's just because the dialogue sort of makes it sound like right but it, it's so funny because like i said like this, the end of this is the only indiana jones i had ever seen and i misremembered so much because i you had no other context to to put in it either it's just right. like but I like it's so funny because I've I've vividly remember him climbing up the lion and then he can see the bridge because he's in a different perspective. I I have a memory of his father berating him for killing people in this movie, saying like, "You killed those people," and he's like, "Yeah, Dad, we had to kill." He's like, "You don't kill people, you know. You just murdered somebody." Like we're having had... Bernstein bear effects going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're, we're just Mandela-ing but, but I'd effects seen, all everywhere. I just, my brain had seen the the reaction of his dad when he first shot those people and and filled it filled it in, you know, as dialogue instead of just as a facial expression. That's so That's, cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Never mind. I take Now that I'm looking at it a second time, I take back my sun comment because that's not how the sun works. It's fine. The sun would move with the matte painting. Right. Hope has taken science classes before. <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like this would be like... I love how like, this guy is just hanging out. Just hanging yeah. out, reading a book. I love this character. Playing a video Cause, game. Because I, vivid, <laughs> I vividly remember him, too. He's, like, he's on 4chan, just hanging out. Don't say he's on 4chan. At least give him some <laughs> dignity. <laughs> he's on Twitter, hanging out. <laughs> okay, that's a little bit more dignity. Not much. I don't know about that anymore. Yeah, right. I've definitely noticed a change of dude bros coming in and just being like, oh. your opinion is wrong. Yeah, no. I, I, I had, I've said multiple times on Twitter before that Omega is trans. And a week ago was the first time when the Bad Batch season two trailer came out. The first, and I said, like, friendly reminder, Omega is trans. And it's the first time, like, I've been piled on. And I was just like, I all right, look at my lovely, beautiful new block list and mute all of you. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't bother me, because I'm just, like, it just gives me an easy list of people to block. Right. But, like, it was just the first time that's ever happened of just, like, I've made this this tweet multiple times of calling Omega Trans. Why is this now? Oh, yeah, Elon. That's why. <laughs> this was so surreal at... at the first viewing because I just never oh. expected to actually find a like oh. li living night that's just sort of a guy he's just sort of a guy <laughs> yeah I uh, oh something I wanted to see is his lighting at all times because everything else around him is so warm from the fire and the candlelight but he's always in that white light and I, I think that that's such a smart acting choice because it gives him like right there, like Indiana's warm, but he's in that pure light and it gives him this almost like ethereal look to him. Oh, yeah. And, no, he's, and he's, he's always in that light. Even the, when the cave is collapsing, he's in that light. The the night is it's 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 like old Catholic paintings of he's being he's bathed in the light of God and like in a painting. And yeah, it's. I also and and it's funny because I, I I maybe Spielberg was trying to move through. He started with the Hebraic God in Raiders, and he he did some Eastern gods, and now he's working a little later down the Abrahamic so, to the can, Christian God. 
So can I talk about this scene for a minute? She purposely chooses the wrong cup to murder yes. him, right? Yeah, she hates oh, yeah. she doesn't want him to get she's she's oh, she's yeah. gonna like here you go. Look at that look at her face. She's like, Yeah, drink up, dumbass. Drink up, you asshole. Because he's already clearly said, I'm not a historian. She 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 like you and know she looks at Indy like, yep, that's the wrong cup. Fuck yeah, him. Indy, Indy's just like, Wow, you're a murderer. <laughs> Not that he hasn't murdered a few people in this, but yeah, yeah, she she wants it for herself, so she's and this she next... knows he she knows he's not gonna pick it. He so, knows he's not gonna pick it. So just so you all know, my friends, this next scene in Gremlins is why they invented PG thirteen. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> no, That's you're, why you're, you're... we. I, you're thinking of the heart scene in Temple of Doom was where PG PG thirteen was already here by this time. This is 1989. Gremlins, I think, was 84. Oh, then it was Temple of Doom. Then yeah, it was, Doom, it was it was it was the heart scene in Temple of Doom because well, it was partially Indiana Jones that got us a PG thirteen. Oh yeah, And this is pretty good aging makeup in the first stages, too. A lot of times, like, when they try to age an actor, <laughs> this is just hilarious. I, I I can imagine being a child. I, I mean, like I said, I, I I was a child when this was the only scene I saw, and it did scare me. It yeah. scared me as a kid. I don't know why she's reacting so, so harshly. Probably because... <laughs> I think she knew he would die. I just don't know if she thought how he would die. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was like a she, big that was a probably, big laugh line. He chose poorly was a big laugh in the movie theater too. She probably just imagined him like keeling over, not aging rapidly like Mother Gothel style in front of her eyes. I also think it's a neat trick that there's a tiny light in the bottom of the real grill, so it's always shiny on the inside. Yeah, yeah. You can almost see the light in the scenes that he's healing Henry. You can almost see it at times. Yeah, no, there's a there's somebody. They might even have a little light bulb in there, but uh, there's somebody about. up above, like shining a little flashlight, like pew. Yeah, see, this is why he's not immortal. I, I, this is why I think he the boundary and price of immortality is why I think Indy would only be immortal in this space. Once he passes that seal, he's not immortal anymore because of that context right there. Maybe Indiana Jones ends up watching the Grail. Well, they destroy it, so. I mean, I mean, right here, this is this is it. This is this is Henry has comp completed his life challenge now. He doesn't need to own the Grail. He's just drank from the Holy Grail and now had his bullet hole. The Holy Grail makes the most badass hydrogen peroxide you've ever seen. But also, like, isn't the bullet still inside Henry? I wondered about that, but you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's God it's, it's God power work in here. I mean, obviously, this isn't like, oh, you see, the water in there is actually has this one electrolyte in it. It's no, this is God is yeah. healing. You, you know, so yeah. yeah, it's a movie. But I did have a moment of like expecting the bullet to be like. Just like pop out, it's like. <laughs> I like how Indiana Jones is just like, oh my god, he's he's looking at the great that he's. Uh, it, so you can almost see the light inside it, almost. Yeah. 
And he can let it go because he has yeah. a son. Oh, he I love wanted, the, the music diddle. Just the music wanted diddle. to see it. He just the music to diddle. See it. Sorry, I love that music diddle right there because it shows she's not redeemed. I there's yeah. a couple. I it was hard to hear because of course we were talking the whole time. But there's a few music diddles in here that kind of that that, that does really well with like showing how a character is feeling. But that's a very because like it's this triumphant moment. It's all this, and then you get the music diddle, and you're like, you know exactly where this scene is going. I I, I think. A lot of modern movies suffer. The, the two of the things that make a movie like this just so stand up to time and be so good is the real effects and the soundtrack that's scored to the action. That where the diddles, the, the diddles are telling part of the story. It's integrated in. They're, you know, much more expensive. They're super expensive soundtracks to do. Because the composer's got to sit there and like work right up until the finished movie and time time the stuff along with it instead of just like providing somewhat something that has the right atmosphere and has a rhythm that matches the action. Mm -hmm. This is like you know almost you know it's as integral as the sound effects. You know there it, it you know when a character shows up you'll hear a little bit of their their specific theme. When the arc shows up in this, they play a little bit of the arc music, you know, when it shows up on the wall in the catacombs. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and I... that's expensive to do, and it's time-consuming, so it rarely gets done. But boy, oh boy, does it really, like, enhance the, the, the I love quality this... of... Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to slide in. I love this moment, too, because he almost repeats... Yeah. Her mistake and the thing that he wanted all along he got because it was his father's love like that was the thing like that was him winning like it the, the that was to him like the thing he won in this one you yeah. know the the first one um like he it, we were talking last week about how he gains stuff and in this one he gains his father's love and the other thing i was going to say is see he's in the white light um, the other thing I was going to say is before the temple started crumbling when she turns and she looks at the knight statue I had this moment where I was like, are they going to pull a mummy and the statue's going to come to life? And of course they don't. But then I was like, I've watched too much of the mummy. Uh, yeah, the mummy. Well, I mean, the mummy owes a lot to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, absolutely. So, There's so many callbacks. Yeah. Like now in like hindsight, and I think I talked about this when we were talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark, was so many, like now I can understand so many more references because I can clearly see where the mummy pulled from Indiana Jones. Like I so clearly see it now when before I was like, yeah, it's probably a thing. Like, no, I see all the references. Right down to actors that were in both movies. It was in the mummy. Didn't you say the, the, um, one guy with the fez was in the mummy too. No, no, I was saying that. Oh, Oded, he's just a similar character. He's a similar character type. Oh, okay. And Oded Fair did it better. That's what I was saying. No, I Oded Fair would have been much young, much too young to play that role. That's such a that now watching it the second time, like when I saw the husky in the beginning, I was just like, "There's Indiana!" I love this line. I love this line coming up. I have a lot of fond memories with that dog. 
Indy never answers this question. Though I do like this like little it's 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 very small and they didn't have to do it. But they still like put in a tiny little glimpse right here at the end of Indiana helping Marcus get back on his horse. Yep, yep. And they yep. didn't have to do it. And it's nope. so nice. That's that's Steven Spielberg for you. Lots <laughs> of stuff that they don't don't have to do, that little extra touches that Like like that and that like they didn't have to do that touch and it's yeah. so nice. But that makes me wonder how much it's like um this ride off scene is long. <laughs> I had this moment of like are they just gonna ride over the horizon? Like, how long are we gonna hold this shot? And then, of course, they started going to other shots. And then, because the other two movies, they they like had the last shot, and then they went right to the dark credits. So I was like, does this have a post-credits sequence? No, it's <laughs> just it's it's, it's 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 saying it's saying off into the sunset, off into the sunset. Okay, so let's talk crystal. Skull, many people, then. many people think that they should have gone off to the sunset and just left it at that. Yeah, okay, so, so let's talk Crystal School for a second. Because, and of course, don't tell me anything because I'm going to be watching it for the first time next week. Um, this feels like of such a good ending. It's, 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 um, the word is slipping my brain. Um, satisfying. It's such a satisfying ending. They run, go off to the sunset. It's the end. So, like, and, and it and like Indy had really good growth. We saw him when he was younger and more arrogant. He's grown so much. Like this feels satisfying. So I'm really intrigued by the idea of a fourth movie because then where can they go? And I guess that's because like everything in when I hear fourth movie, everything in my head is is screaming corporate cat cash grab. That's well, what it's ever, a, to a, me. after this movie, that like I've read many scripts. Uh, that were in in pre like they'd been wanting to make another Indiana Jones for I can't remember how many years it was between, but it was like almost twenty years between this and the and Crystal Skull, and there had been many 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 attempts the scripts and every one of the scripts that I read I did not like had moments in it but they were like maybe maybe could pass as a first draft crystal skull it's it's a different kind of movie it's it's fun it's a fun movie it has it definitely is not just member berries it definitely has i mean harrison ford's a great actor and he's plays indiana when he plays indiana jones he plays indiana jones and there is a different father-son dynamic in this um Marion, you know, Marion's in it, so they have they have stuff to work with, you know, as far as that goes. But it's it's a different kind of movie. It takes place in a different time period, like it takes place in the fifties. So yeah, it plays, it plays with it plays with a lot of the Red Menace, you know. And apparently, like it has something, like with his son is in it, so he's a father now. Yes. And so, because I remember reading about this, and the, the the and 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 the end of Crystal Skull has a has a similar type of ending 
set up to like the end of it there's a symbolic thing done that to let sort of like okay that's that you know um without saying any more of it kathy kennedy um but it's it's a different movie it's filmed in a different way you know it's got more it's definitely uh george lucas was like hey you know i just did all those star wars movies you don't have to leave a set you know so there's a lot of green screen and a lot of cgi yeah and uh some of it works some of it doesn't um but i mean the, the, there's there's stuff that there's stuff that hits and stuff that doesn't quite hit more of it for me more a lot more of it hit than didn't hit but it's 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 not it 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 doesn't try to be this if that makes any sense it's a different yeah. kind of movie and and it's it it takes up the feel of movies from that time period and it has a little different twist to the whole story to the whole you know underlying you know supernatural elements and stuff to it so it's 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 a bit different but it it's got some wonderful scenes and it's got some awkward scenes it's got some weird scenes where in the trailer you see uh um you see some lines that sound really good and then they in the movie they put different takes of them that are awful <laughs> and huh. stuff like that stuff like that um but I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing it because there's a lot of there's a lot of really neat fun stuff in it. Yeah, the thing it I has, say... there's some really good there's some really good character dialogue in it too that I like really really love. Yeah, the but, thing that cuz like when when I was reading, well, I shouldn't say I I read slash watched a few like videos about it. Um, the things that stood out to me was a Indiana's a father now, which after watching this movie is interesting to me, knowing now his relationship with his father. So that's kind of intriguing. But uh -huh. um, the video I was watching again because I watched the honors trailers after I finished the third movie, and like when they were doing the, their rap, like towards the their, the end of the video, they were like, "And we all know that short round is really Indiana's child." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't disagree with that. Like, short round is kind of his kid." <laughs> Especially in the second, and he was a much I real I love that character. So, my my question is, in and uh, I watched the trailer to the new Indiana Jones, and I did not see Short Round in it. But now would be the time to put Short Round in a Indiana Jones movie since the actor's back on the back on the job. But uh, yeah, it's uh. I don't. I, I don't want to say anything. I. I. I don't want to say anything about the trailer to the new one until after we've watched. I, yeah, I'm. Call. I'm not going to watch the trailer until after we, we see the next one. Hey, you, you wanna. You wanna. When we do Crystal Skull, do you want to watch the trailer of it at the end of? Uh, at the end Ooh, of the movie. Let's. Let's. Hopefully, one and of we'll us do, remember that. And we'll do a. We'll do a commentary <laughs> over the trailer of the. Oh, I want to watch the trailer. Dial first. of Destiny, Indiana well, Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I think well, it is. I don't want to do a commentary while watching the trailer. I want to actually just watch the trailer because I haven't seen it yet. So what I might so do it'll be a reaction. Is, it'll be a yeah. reaction. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm down for that. Okay.
Now let's hope one of us actually remembers. <laughs> Hopefully we remember everybody's listening to this going, cool, marking it down in their books and then we don't do it. We'll remember. It's only a week. We're the king and queen of doing that, Chris, but we'll be like, yeah, we'll do that. And then we don't. Because it dawned on me. Well, you, know what? We, you we... watching it streaming while we, me watching it on the thing worked out. So we'll probably have yeah. to do that next time. You know what I realized that we, because it dawned on me, because uh, I was w- writing in a piece for work about Star Wars animation in 2020, and we never actually covered the Lego Summer Vacation special. No, we didn't. That's right. We were supposed to do that. Oh, my God. I didn't remember that until you just mentioned that now. That's what I'm saying. We are the king and queen of being like, yeah, we're going to do a thing. And then well, we can still it. do it. I mean, just because yeah. we, missed, we missed doing it when we said we were going to do it doesn't mean. I mean, if we're going to be completist about it, we got to do it anyway. So we, we got to get on that. that. Like if we need to do like some buffer, like if we get all caught up in shows, I absolutely want to do the Freemaker Adventures. I really want to do Freemakers because I love yeah. the show. Well, but... we, should, we should make a list of all the stuff that we've got like on a hierarchy, like start with the Freemaker Adventures and then maybe like droids and ewoks down at the bottom i mean i've for seen when, if, if ever we have lulls and you know for wherever like disney's like and eh, we're gonna take a two-year hiatus on tv shows for a while we're gonna let this rest for or something like that yeah. you know who knows? But, but i don't think we're ever gonna run out yeah not anytime soon looking at next, next year alone we have bad batch mando season three Ahsoka, and there's another one in there I know I'm forgetting that I can't remember at the moment. Bad, bad Batch is in less than a month. Bad Batch is like three weeks away, and I'm fucking excited for it. <coughs> it looks very colorful. At least what they showed. I, I, I like it. It looks it looks interesting. It looks intriguing. I, I am very um, so so it's I have to say, out of all the Indiana Jones, this was my favorite. I really enjoyed this one. I think this is the best one, but it's not my favorite because Raiders will always be my favorite, and and like this couldn't exist without Raiders or yeah, very much so. But but it's so well executed, it's so well written and conceived. It's such an enjoyable movie. I was laughing out loud at the dialogue between Connery and. Harrison Ford and their reactions to each other. It was just, it was just a joy to watch. It was just such a. It was so satisfying. Yeah. It was by far the most satisfying of the three. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Well, I am intrigued and excited for next week. I don't know what to expect at all because I'm sitting here going, I don't know how they're going to go. Anywhere from I here. Went in, I went into the movie theater with low expectations and found myself clapping and clapping and going, like, Woo! <laughs> I like this. Because <laughs> it was also such a long. And here's another thing is there what like organically watching these. There's a long time period between this and Crystal Skull. Almost like in a, a time period where you've given up on like Harrison Ford being able to play Indiana Jones. So so it was, you know, but now we're watching it right like one week after. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see see the see, you know, another 20 years put on Indiana Jones, you know. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I'm I'm very excited for next week. I have literally no idea what I'm getting into, so we'll see. <laughs> I don't I don't know what I'm getting into, so um fun. More yeah, fun. I'm excited. Let's do it. All right, Chris. Uh I don't have anything else for Last Crusade other than I loved it. So uh do you have anything else? I do not. All right, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at two truefreaks.com. That's our podcast where we keep all the podcasts, including this one, all our back episodes, all the back episodes of all our other podcasts, and all the new ones coming out, all listed by category and podcast. And it's all there. And uh, that's at two truefreaks.com. You can also, if you're on Facebook, you can go to the two true freaks podcast Facebook group and join up, and you'll get a little reminder when every show comes up. Or you can go to the, or, well, you should end or, and go to the uh, Two True Freaks Cantina, where you can just hang out with uh, other listeners and members of the Two True Freaks podcasting community. And if you're really brave, you can go to Twitter. And uh, um, you can uh, see our Twitter page, which is called Two True <laughs> Freaks, and run by Gene Gene, the professional voice actor machine. Gene. Cha-ching. <laughs> Cha-ching, Gene. Gene got paid to do to do audio voiceover work. Ah. Got a paycheck for the first time, so that uh, seal has been broken. Congratulations, Gene, Gene and his Congrats, daughter's Gene. his daughter's following in his footsteps. We had his oh, we, his daughter wonderful. was at our last recording session. Ah, oh, good job, Gene. Congrats, man. That's awesome. Yep. Well, we, you know, Gene, he's he's on the case, you know. He wants mm. to do something, he's going to do it. He's going to sleuth Gene. it out, Gene, because he's on That's the case, Gene. Gene. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that Gene does, what Gene wants to do. Gene wants to make a Star Trek movie? He makes one. In the days, in the days when technology <laughs> was really hostile towards doing such things. Anyway. That's I was just waiting to see how long that went on for. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at JGuysAndJedi on Twitter. That is our Twitter account. You can also find me at HopeMolinax on Twitter. I'm a contributor for Dork Side of the Force, and I'm gearing up to write a bunch of Bad Batch stuff. I have already started that trend, so it's definitely running by now. I'm also a staff writer for the Geeky Waffle, where I will be reviewing Bad Batch. And you can also find me rolling dice and having great adventures. <laughs> rolling it's... dice and randomly murdering people. None of them were our faults. Whatever, that's what they Not all say. Not a single one of them were our faults. But every single one of them say. Oh my goodness. Actually, I take that back. There's one episode where one in and they go off on their own solo adventure and one in proved why they are an assassin droid and RIP Chuck. <laughs> that was on purpose. Sorry, was, Charlie. No, his name was Chuck, the Gamorian. And uh, that was not my fault. I was not there. Did you uh, chuck him off a cliff? Like in the Book of Boba Fett? We traded his body for a box of spice. Does that count? Nice. nice. <laughs> I shouldn't say we. It was all one in. None of us had any anything to do with that. Uh -huh. um, but it's called for yeah, light 
It's called For Light and Dice. Um, it is a Star Wars tabletop podcast. I am one of the players, and I'm really proud of this project. So please go check it out. We are having the best time, and we are about to start our second story arc. So come check out what happens because we accidentally killed a lot of people. Now you we heard it here, folks. From, go check out For Murder and Dice. We're supposed for, for... to be For Light and Dice, <laughs> but so far it's just been look at our blood trail behind us and dice. light them up boys that's what it is yeah yeah so yeah that's where you can find me um i'm super excited and nervous and intrigued about next week so let's it's, go it's, 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 a, it's a very fun movie it's a very fun movie there's there's jank in it whether whether you like the jank or not seems to vary from person to person and and most of the jank was okay with me, but like yeah, there's a few there's a few hinky moments. We'll 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 get to them. We'll probably maybe we'll even have different hinky moments. But like yeah, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Steve, Steve, you're never gonna get like an out out half ass bad movie from Steven Spielberg. You know he he has to have a certain amount of of. Uh, substantiality to it you know and and fun so mm-hmm. I, I i would say you know this is i i would say this is the indiana jones where you see the most effect the most um george lucas as a filmmaker in it oh interesting than, okay than steve spielberg you you see some george lucas in this you'll the it, de- it definitely has you know like a little bit of the prequels to it, you know? You'll see. You'll see. All right. Well, I guess next week we'll see you for Crystal Skull. I'm actually really excited for the week after when we do Princess Mononoke because that is my wheelhouse and I love that movie and I'm excited for you to see how many feloniasms pop out. I have I have absolutely no knowledge of what I've heard I've heard about it for years, but I have no idea what it is. So it's I'm going in completely cold. I, that was me with these movies minus yep. the last 15 minutes of Last Crusade. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, all right, you guys, we'll see you next week where we're going to find some crystal skulls. All right. Bye. Bye bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks.
podcast. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Wait a minute. Uh, um, I got it in the tip of my tongue. Come on. Um, oh, golly, I'm not even... Let me see. Oh! Alexander Dumbass! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Henry Dumbass!